G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. I was joined as ever on a Monday by Lyle Shelton from the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, Lyle, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Alan. I guess that the the first thing we should just touch on briefly is Bronwyn Bishop's decision to to reverse her earlier decision uh, to to ban the burqa or, or people with face coverings uh, from the public gallery. They would have had to stay in the glass covered gallery right at the at the top. So that that's a bit of a change. Is that a surprise? No, it's not a surprise at all, Alan. Uh, this is something which was uh, decided uh, two weeks ago just before Parliament rose. Uh, the Prime Minister made his displeasure known quite quickly and I think it was only a matter of time before Bromwell Bishop, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and Stephen Parry, the President of the Senate, who have jurisdiction over these issues, uh, ch- change his tune. Um, look, uh, I think it's um, totally unnecessary. Uh, whilst I don't uh, particularly like uh, these facial coverings that uh, that are worn by uh, some Muslim women, uh, I don't think we should have rules banning it. And so long as, for security reasons, uh, they... Uh, identify uh, and, and reveal their faces uh, upon request. There, there's at least two security screening points before someone gets to the public gallery in Parliament House. So really, I think the whole thing was, was very unnecessary and, and a bit of an overreaction. And uh, I think the right decision's been made in overturning it. So the Prime Minister's in Jakarta for the inauguration of Joko Widodo. Um, that, that relationship with Indonesia has been a bit rocky over the, the last few months, hasn't it? It has a little, um, Alan, and, and even going back to the spying, uh, uh, Australian spying on the mobile phone of the wife of, uh, pre- of the former president, um, SBY. Uh, but uh, with the um, asylum seeker issue and the turning back of boats, uh, that's, that's also been a bit of an irritant. But uh, if you read some commentators, you see that uh, as, as they talk to senior Indonesian officials, there's actually quite a lot of... Um, of, I guess, uh, happiness in one sense that uh, the people smuggling is, is being dealt with by Australia because it, it does mean less problems for Indonesia, with um, which has, has suffered from thousands and thousands of people transiting uh, through its country. So on one sense, yes, they're going to talk strongly about uh, maintaining the integrity of their territorial waters, but on the other hand, Indonesia is also glad, like Australia, that uh, people smuggling, which of course has cost many thousands of lives, uh, is being put to an end. And of course, they are a, a, a hugely important nation in, in uh, Southeast Asia. They are, I think, it's a, um, the, the largest Muslim nation in the world. That, that's exactly right, Alan. And our relationship with Indonesia is absolutely crucial. And it's right that the Prime Minister has uh, flown across for the inauguration of, of President uh, Widodo uh, today to get that relationship off on a, on a good foot, uh, footing. Um, there's been terrific cooperation between Australian police. Uh, federal police and Indonesian authorities over counter-terrorism issues, uh, particularly since the Bali bombings, and of course with um, uh, Islamic uh, milit- militant extremism. It's, it's very important that uh, that relationship with Indonesia is on a solid footing for combating uh, some extremist elements that do exist in Indonesia. So we've heard this morning uh, from Julie Bishop in Iraq that um, 
the SAS is going to be used to to train I uh, to to train local Iraqi forces uh, to to fight against ISIL, but it's not going to be a case of of our forces directly taking on ISIL, is it? No, this is um, an interesting one, Alan. Our, our SAS have been uh, ensconced in the United Arab Emirates for the best part of a month uh, since our deployment uh, was conducted, uh, or, or since, since it occurred. Uh, but there's been a, a bit of a logjam and uh, the inability to sort of get the legal documentation signed off. So Julie Bishop's gone to Baghdad. She's got that sorted over the weekend, uh, but is insisting that we won't see Australian boots on the ground. Uh, now, whilst the airstrikes seem to be making some difference, uh, it, it seems uh, from the perspective of most analysts that it's not going to be possible to completely defeat Islamic State without boots on the ground. Now, whether Iraqi and Kurdish forces, uh, with, with the mentoring of um, Australian SAS and, and other uh, mentoring forces, can achieve that job, uh, time, will, time will tell. But uh, certainly boots on the ground will be needed uh, if ISIS is to be defeated. Mm. I'm staying staying with international affairs. Um, the president of, of Liberia, who, who I understand is a, a very strongly committed Christian, is saying that the world needs to step in on the Ebola crisis now. Uh, she says a generation of, of Africans uh, is is going to be lost because of the economic downturn, because of the Ebola crisis. Are we doing enough in Australia to, to fight it? It would seem that there's more we could do, Alan. Um, uh, and whilst it's been unsightly to see politics being played over this uh, from both sides of, of Australian politics, uh, I think uh, it is an important debate and I think we do need to do uh, more to, to assist here. There, this is a terrible humanitarian crisis. One's heart uh, just goes out to Africa, which has uh, suffered for decades uh, with the HIV mm. crisis, uh, and now and now this with seemingly no end in sight, and and potentially the possibility of contamination throughout the globe if if uh, we're not careful. So um, I, I think uh, it is important that Australia does more. We've we've said eighteen million dollars. That's not a lot. Um, I, I think uh, we could do a lot more, and we should be finding ways to uh, allow health professionals to get over there. Uh, to be a part of um, helping the solution and, and you know provide aircraft or whatever is needed to, um, to provide evacuation if necessary. Uh, the, the British Prime Minister David Cameron was was very forceful over the weekend, saying that other Western countries need to do far more. His his country is putting uh, millions and millions of dollars into uh, in, into an aid operation over there, um, and the implication of what he was saying was that the rest of us were lagging behind a bit. Well, I think he's right, and he speaks with some uh, moral authority there because the UK, unlike Australia, has kept its uh, Millennium Development Goal promise to increase its overseas aid by 0.7% of gross national income, where Australia has squibbed on that, and uh, we've been cutting our aid at a huge rate of knots to try and balance our budget. Uh, of course, we must balance the budget, but unfortunately, um, the, the softest target has been our aid. This is a time where we could be directing uh, that money to uh, a crisis of, of huge proportions. An interesting story out of the United States, uh, those two ordained pastors uh, who um, have been told they must um, they must perform a same-sex marriage or face quite serious consequences. This is quite disturbing. 
it's very disturbing, uh, Alan, and uh, we're seeing more and more of these types of cases, uh, particularly from the US, but also in Europe. Uh, the latest is um, the case of Donald and Evelyn Knapp from Idaho in the US. Uh, they're ordained pastors. They have a wedding chapel called uh, the Hitching Post. Uh, what else uh, from Idaho? <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, they have been told that if, if they don't perform uh, same-sex weddings, uh, and if they honour their faith and their religious uh, convictions for a period of a week, uh, the, the penalties accumulate to the point where uh, a week of honouring their faith uh, could cost them three and a half years in jail wow. and a $7,000 fine. Now, this is very, very serious. Now, same-sex activists here in Australia keep telling us that this will never happen here. Well, um, you know, this is a global movement to, to um, a global political movement to bring about uh, same-sex uh, marriage. Uh, I don't believe for a moment that uh, Australians won't eventually fall foul of anti-discrimination legislation uh, should uh, the definition of marriage be changed here. So um, I think we, we need to watch what's happening in America. Uh, it's a big wake-up call. And I, I guess that's sort of connected to the uh, this business in Texas of the uh, pastors being told they have to give copies of, of their sermons. They've been subpoenaed to send copies of their sermons into the yeah. state. Yeah, this is um, quite chilling. Um, and again, <laughs> uh, these sort of cases just keep mounting up. Um, uh, five pastors in Houston, Texas, uh, have been uh, subpoenaed by uh, the city council, uh, led by the mayor, uh, who's, who's a lesbian, uh, who said that um, pastors' sermons are fair game if they're going to uh, comment on political issues. And, and there has been a, a political issue where the uh, city council has um, passed a, a local law or, or city ordinance uh, saying that uh, people of opposite sex uh, have the right to, to go and use uh, bathrooms. Um, uh, now, this is where boys can go and use girls' bathrooms if, if they feel that they're of a different gender. Um, quite controversial, and of course churches have had something to say about it, uh, but uh, in response, uh, the mayor has um, ordered uh, the subpoenaing of uh, the sermons, and not only sermons, but emails and text messages. Uh, this is really, really chilling stuff. Um, there has been some sort of a backdown by the mayor uh, late last week, uh, but nonetheless, again, it's a it's a big wake up call as to where this um, political agenda is taking us as a society. Scary stuff, Lyle. It's always good to talk to you. Look forward to talking to you again at the same time next week. Thanks so much, Alan. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.